Hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, it's Abigail. Welcome, Welcome to, to The Gutsy, Gutsy Truth. Truth. Here at The Gutsy Truth, we talk about what every woman needs to know in the modern era. Through expert insights, personal stories, and raw truths, we offer strategies, advice, and a supportive community to live a gutsy life. If you are ready to start your journey of living a gutsy life, you are in the right place. Let's dive in. Friends, in today's episode, we are talking about a very important yet difficult topic, human trafficking. We wanted to give you a heads up that some of the information in this episode may be hard to listen to. So if you need to stop listening at any time, we encourage you to do so. We felt that this information is important to talk about and want to spread awareness and hope around this topic. And that's why we're so thrilled to have today's guest with us, Marcy Bartula. Marcy is the founder and executive director of Different Day Foundation. Marcy has an extensive background in social work, and it was through her experience working with a variety of nonprofits that she witnessed the lack of services for survivors and gaps within the system. It is out of these experiences that she had a dream to fill the gaps and provide survivors with a residential facility to heal, learn, and be free from human trafficking. Today, a Different Day Foundation is a beacon of hope for women survivors seeking recovery and healing from prostitution, trafficking, and addiction. They provide not just a place to live, but a meaningful job and a sisterhood of support that lasts a lifetime. Hello, everyone. We are so thrilled to introduce you to our dear friend, Marcy Bartula. She is the founder and executive director of A Different Day Foundation, and she has an incredible story to share with us today and so much knowledge. So thank you so much for being here, Marcy. I'm so excited, y'all. This is so fun. I know. (laughs) And like Caitlin, I've always said, um, we normally do a lot of our interviews virtually, but Marcy lives in the same town as us. So this is in person, which is even more exciting (laughs) for us for so many reasons. Exactly. So we just want to start off and ask you, what is your story? How did you become the founder and executive director of this incredible nonprofit? Um, Tell us who you are and what you do. All right, y'all. Well, um, I've been in social work for about 16 years. I can't even believe I've been in social work that long. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I started off working with at-risk youth and in a pregnant parenting program. And then I decided... um, I wanted to do more and something, I can't even believe I'm saying these words, more challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I ended up at Child Protective Services. And boy, did I get that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I worked for CPS for about five years. So I did investigations. Mm -hmm. I did conservatorship. And I was a conservatorship supervisor. So conservatorship is where kids are removed and you're helping the families reunite. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's really where, like, the meat and potatoes was for me in social work. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much in that job. It's It was, I say this today, like, it's the worst job and the best job I ever had. Because it taught me so much as a social worker. Mm -hmm. And really what it was um, to be a social worker. Mm -hmm. And fight for families and fight for kids. And so I really... uh, have always done really well with teenagers. And so Mm -hmm. that was kind of my caseload all the time was the really tough kids. Uh, I felt like I could relate to them. And at that time I didn't really understand why I could relate to them so much, but now I understand it's because of my own childhood trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. as a child and going through some of the same things these kids went through. Mm -hmm. And so 
I found that working with the teens was just a better fit for me and was able to reunite, you know, quite a bit of families, um, which I'm really proud of. And I love that work, but I kept seeing gaps. Mm -hmm. There's so many gaps within the child welfare system. And I knew that I wanted to learn more. Mm -hmm. And so after I left the department, um, I ended up going to a child advocacy center that's here in the Brazos Valley. And I worked there for about a year and I started my master's degree because mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do more in social work. So I was there for about a year and that's where I very saw my very first human trafficking case. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this little girl. She was 15 and it was in Grimes County and you know, she came in for her forensic interview, and I just remember thinking, what is this thing called human trafficking? The FBI was there, like, mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking, what in the world is this? Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't understand what it was. And so after that, I wanted to learn everything I could about it because finding, working with the FBI and finding resources for the family for that specific type of chronic trauma um, was really tough and at that time this was back in like 2015-16 and so at that time there were maybe 20 beds if that Mm -hmm. in the state of Texas for minors who were recovered from sex trafficking in the entire state in the entire state oh wow and that was like mind-blowing to me yeah and then that's when I really started to notice more cases come in and like really started to notice this thing called human trafficking yeah so I was really grateful um to be able to go to a lot of trainings so every training I asked they sent me to Mm -hmm. and they're at these trainings, I went to um, Crimes Against Children and um, every year that I could and learned everything I could about human trafficking. Mm-hmm. You know, doing different trainings with the DEA and something that they said years ago at this training was that they showed us a line of where um, where they find a lot of, you know, drug cartels and things like that Uh and across the state and there's like a line where Mm -hmm. they could you know where the most the places that were busted the most gotcha and so then they had a line underneath it that showed human trafficking that followed this drug line Hmm. and they predicted at that time that human trafficking would be more successful in the next three to five years oh my gosh than drugs and that I remember, like at that time, that blew my mind. I was like, yeah. "No way! Like oh this, gosh. this can't be." Mm-hmm. And now it truly is. Ugh. Like you know, human trafficking is a hundred fifty billion dollar industry around the world. You That's know, crazy. so it's it's just insane. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, again, just learning everything I could, and I happened to be at a training <laughs> again, learning about human trafficking. Uh-huh. And there was a lady there speaking, and she was opening a minor's facility. And so I went up to her and I was like, hey, I have to do an internship for my master's degree. You know, do you need somebody to do help? And so I was able to help open a minor's facility um, in my internship where we did equine assisted therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, we had two different houses and it just only served minors. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's where I kind of made all the connections, you know, like working with the governor's office, their child sex trafficking team, mm-hmm. to working with 
which was coincidentally the same FBI agent that I worked on that very first case with, oh, man. working wow. on cases with her uh-huh. um, while I was in my internship. And then after I did my internship, I kind of just needed a break for a minute. And so um, I took some time off, and then I ended up at CASA, and I worked at CASA for a little while. And again, I was with the tough kids. You know, mm-hmm. I've got all the permanent managing conservatorship kids. So those are the kids where parental rights have been terminated and they live in care, mm-hmm. um, which is just awful because the state is never meant to be a parent. Um, <laughs> they do an awful job of it. And so um, so I worked with those, you know, that population again because it's really what I, I did love and I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. And But I kept getting all the trafficking cases because they knew I had the most experience with them. So my caseload became a lot of kids who've been trafficked in care. Mm -hmm. And I just kept seeing gaps and gaps and gaps. And the biggest gap was at that time, we didn't have places like Unbound, you know, like that Mm -hmm. helps be the agency that sees the kids um, or that is paired with law enforcement, excuse me, Mm -hmm. and goes out and is the first advocate out. And so um, I ended up, after I left CASA, um, I ended up working with Unbound for a little bit mm-hmm. and learning just, you know, more about what's going on in my own community. Um, and the gaps, you know, continue to be placement for kids mm-hmm. um, or, and adults. Yeah. And so um, what I kept seeing is it was so great that we could recover, but then there was nowhere to place these girls. Right. So you know, sometimes they were getting arrested or sometimes, you know, they have to go into CPS care where there's no placement that's really meant mm-hmm. to serve them in the right way sure. when you have that chronic trauma. Yeah. yeah. And, and then if there is a placement, their wait list is, you know, through the roof right. because unfortunately a lot of kids who are in care, you know, they are the target for trafficking. Mm-hmm. And so... The, the gap just was housing. And so um, even though I wasn't ready to slow down, God was ready for me to slow down. <laughs> and so I had to have medical surgery, so I couldn't mm-hmm. be boots on the ground anymore. Sure. And so I had to um, leave there. And <clears throat> so once I did, um, my... Uh, one of my very best friends, uh, Brandy Johnson, came to me mm-hmm. and said, hey, uh, we know that you're down right now. And something just popped in my head the other day, like, to help to help do something. Yeah. And she just kept, you know, she kept having this thought and this dream. She's like, okay, God's telling me something mm-hmm. that I need to do something. Mm-hmm. And her and I had just got done reading Bob Golf big dreams. And so yeah. <laughs> dream big, excuse me. Yeah. And so, um, she was like, we, we have to do something. Yeah. And so she was like, I just want you to dream as big as you can dream and let's figure this out. And so, um, I knew that I wanted to open some type of residential facility for survivors of human trafficking in our area. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted a program that could be for an extended period of time and really fill in all the gaps that I continued to see in my career mm-hmm. and make sure there were no gaps in our program. Mm-hmm. And so randomly, as we kind of started to build 
um, our publishing guy um, that we work with out of Nashville had said, hey, have you ever heard of this place called Thistle Farms? Mm-hmm. And so um, we said, you know, no, we, we hadn't heard of it. And he was like, I think you guys should look into it. They, you know, they do what you guys are, you know, trying to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so we looked into them and they had a whole department for sister organizations and how you become a sister organization. Okay. And so Randy Johnson and I went to the conference that year and it was completely like life changing. Mm-hmm. Um, they had been in doing there, they have been doing services for 25 years mm-hmm. and she started, Becca Stevens started with one little house, you know, with five girls in it mm-hmm. and they started making candles for their justice enterprise and she connected people in the community to help them with counseling and all of these things. And now it's just this gigantic organization. And I mean, they really have the model down. Mm -hmm. And so we knew as soon as we went to that conference that, okay, we have to be a part of Thistle because it really is life changing to see so many survivors Mm -hmm. in these really powerful positions, Mm -hmm. you know, directors of programs, director of manufacturing, and all of these people that work their tail off, you know, in their recovery become really successful. And so that's when we just knew, like, that's when the light came on, like, okay, this is it. We're going. (laughs) And so we went into training with Thistle um, for about a year and a half. And that's where I built the program literally from the ground up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did all all the things at the very beginning, like how to do our bylaws to make us a nonprofit. Like yeah. I wrote those bylaws, like everything you could possibly think of to become a nonprofit. Um, yeah, you know, Which is I a lot did. Of work. It is it's so much work. work. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. And so, um, and then just building the program, mm-hmm. and then again tailoring it to our community. Sure. You know, and the gaps that I kept seeing in our community. And so, um, then became different day. And so mm-hmm. we just, you know, then we worked on, okay, so now we have the organization and even though we didn't have housing in that first year, um, we were still able to serve 36 survivors. Wow. So in our first year was just like, there was such a need for help. So yeah. we, you know, we had a little bit of funds, so we were able to help get, you know, emergency placements or hotel rooms or food, clothes, Christmas lists, you know, covering what they needed for Christmas. And so we just kind of were able to do that and Mm -hmm. knew that, okay, we're going in the right direction because everything we asked for and prayed for, God would open a door, Mm -hmm. you know. And then we had our first little fundraiser where it was just a closet swap, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. just a we. We uh, took over the Herschel at the Stella yeah, Hotel. I remember that. I remember yeah. seeing that. And uh, we made it into a boutique, and it was just so fun. And I wanted to make sure that the people coming to the event could really see what I was going to provide for the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from significant trauma, and clothes and fashion were always my way of feeling really empowered. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to create a space for the girls that also felt that same way. And so 
um, I wanted people to walk in and see that the girls are going to walk into this room and it's going to be a boutique and they can shop and feel beautiful Mm -hmm. and empowered. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, we got a great first fundraiser and we got over $32,000 worth of clothes donated. Wow. I mean, just so incredible. And then we knew like, okay, we have all this overstock. What are we going to do with it? Yeah. Because originally we were going to make a candle just like Thistle Farms. Yeah. We're going to start with a little candle and that was what we were going to do. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) And God was like, no, no, no. that's not what you're going to do. Uh, so, Don't you love it when he yeah. does that? Yeah. Yeah. And like, so we took that and that's what turned into our Justice Enterprise. Yeah. And so um, the Justice Enterprise is that piece where the girls will have gainful employment mm-hmm. and then also a place where they can get clothes, you know, and they don't have to worry about like going and buying clothes. They can just go in the... Now it's a shop, but at first we were just at a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a little little church room and yeah. all these clothes. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and so we grew into, you know, having a full-fledged shop now that's mm-hmm. been doing so well. It's called Stage Left in downtown Bryan. And um, the community has just, like, really supported us and came together mm-hmm. and just really um, – it's just been really amazing to see the support in the community, you yeah. know, and um, and we're not even all the way out there yet, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of like doing events and things like that. Like mm-hmm. we've just it's been word of mouth and just, you know, me going out there and talking to all the people and yeah. just telling what we're doing and that this is coming. And then we finally got to open our residential doors um, in March mm-hmm. and we started with our apartment complex that we bought. And we realized really quickly that giving them their own apartments without any, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, without any accountability mm-hmm. after they're just coming out of the life just wasn't, wasn't setting them up for success. Sure. And so then we realized, okay, we need to pivot mm-hmm. and, um, that's when we decided, okay, let's just, hey, let's just start just like Thistle did. Mm-hmm. You know, that little house, that little house, let's just do that. And one of my friends happened to be building this house next to some nuns. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, what a perfect place. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> a human trafficking house yeah. by some nuns. And he was like, you know, he had told me about the house before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know. You know, I think we're going to, you know, try to make the apartments work and, and mm-hmm. see what we can do. And, um then after we had talked with Thistle, you know, they were like, you know, that's pretty lonely for a girl that's sure. just coming out of the life, you know. And mm-hmm. so then we we're like, okay, we, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's even though it's such a great idea, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't it, yeah. you know. And so it's it's been a learning process for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I went to look at that um, little house, and it was perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. just perfect. It's brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my best friends who built it. So, I mean, I've seen his work before, mm-hmm. and um, it was just perfect for what we needed. It was close to the shop mm-hmm. and uh, close to my offices. So we're like, okay, well, let's do it. And so we bought that little house, and then um, we opened that, opened those doors in September. Okay. And quickly filled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And now we have, you know, a wait list mm-hmm. of girls wanting to come in. And so yeah. it's just been nuts. yeah oh my gosh that whole story I like I got chills so many times yeah like throughout it at different phases because you can just see such like you get a like you said like God had his hand in so many pieces of that right and just orchestrated it beautifully which is always so amazing to like hear that fully uh, like laid out as a plan but then like you said like there was it's so sad that there's clearly a need for this in the community, even in our little Brazos Valley area, which like, you know, the average Joe probably would never think of things like this happening in our community. Yeah. And so number one, I'm just like baffled that this is a need or a anywhere, but B, you know, even our little tiny corner of Texas here. Yeah. Um, but clearly, like you said, every time you like offered something, it was immediately like, yes. And so like there was reaction and need for it. And yeah. so like such an inspiring way, I think for you and your foundation to yeah. be like, okay, are we doing the right thing? And the minute you put it out there, it's like wholeheartedly accepted. Yes. And you're like, okay, this is, this is right. what's needed. Yeah. Okay. Let's take this next step. So like kudos to y'all a for just doing all of this work because that like you said that is must be such hard work it is Um, yeah but it's so 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 rewarding oh I bet yeah Yeah. and going off of that too like taking your personal trauma and history Mm -hmm. and instead of like continuing to like feel sorry for yourself or like you're 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 turning your story around and I don't know all of the story but you are taking that and Mm -hmm. making a positive impact and that's like so much about what the gutsy truth is is like dealing with what you have going on in your life and then sharing it with others to Mm -hmm. make sure no one else is dealing with that on their own in the future you know and that to me is just so beautiful in itself you know I think having the girls in you know, I feel like I tell people this all the time. Like, I feel like it's that scene in Blindside where the girls are sitting at the table and, you know, she's talking about Michael Orr and what, you know, what they're doing. And they, the two ladies look at her and say, that boy's changing your life. And she's like, no, he's changing mine. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way so much with our girls Mm -hmm. because even though I'm, in a much better healed place from all of my trauma. Mm -hmm. Like they give me the strength to really own my stories. Mm -hmm. And now I don't have that shame. You know what I mean? And that's some of the things that they have taught me is just to, you know, and that's what I teach them. Like own your story, like Mm -hmm. own it and don't feel shameful. Don't feel like it's a, I mean, obviously it's a horrible thing that you went through, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that, you know, led you to that space where yeah. you were vulnerable mm-hmm. and learn how to have strength within your story. Mm-hmm. And I think the girls, you know, they're, I'm so proud of them because they, mm-hmm. they really are so mindful and they do such a great job at working through their trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's really such a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. It really yeah. is. It's so neat. Like mm-hmm. I'm just in awe of them all the time. Ugh. So inspiring. It really is. Yeah. It's so cool to see those lights go on and them say, oh gosh, okay, I was really angry today, but I know why. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I know why I reacted that way. And, you know, before they didn't have that ability. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's such a testament that no matter what you go through in your life, like you have the power, if you can help get the right tools to Mm -hmm. help you, you have the power 
to shift everything, right? Like you have the power to go from glasses half empty to glasses half full, no matter what you've gone through. Mm Because if those girls can have that mindset, I mean, that is such a testament. Like that makes your, I didn't get my parking spot in front of H-E-B, like (laughs) piddly sticks, right? Like, come on people. Like, I mean, that like such a great reminder that no matter what you're going through, or maybe a reminder of like, okay, my life is actually pretty hunky dory. <laughs> like yeah. maybe I just need, like, let's be more grateful and more positive about what we have going for us or yeah. just that, how your mindset can really help shift your attitude around yeah. and, and like having the tools with it. I mean, yeah. when I was at the height of a lot of my anxiety a couple of years ago, I mean, my counselor gave me so many, many tools with that, that I would go from the crazy what if anxiety spiral, yeah. as I call it, to okay, this is the fact and this yeah. is what I know right now. And okay, I, I feel grounded in that and I can take the next step forward. Yeah, you know? So you absolutely. really have to like. Yeah, it's giving them the tools yeah. to be able to not be in fight or flight all the yeah. time, you yeah. know? And and I, I, I totally understand that because, yeah. you know, I, I grew up as a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, you know, my mom was always working, single mom, which is not her fault, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she did the best that she could do and just unfortunately there's just a lot of things that happened to me sure um and so <clears throat> I think that learning tools you know mm-hmm. to overcome those things is really important and mm-hmm. that's what we really strive to do for our girls is teach mm-hmm. them you know break those generational curses yes. like mm-hmm. let's let's focus on you know new ways to do things and you know seeing our girls you know come in and just, you know, be at their lowest points mm-hmm. and to see them thrive is yeah. just, it could it brings tears in my eyes all the time because yeah. they're just doing such amazing work. Yeah. And, you know, they always, one of my girls always says, you know, Miss Marcy, thank you for everything you do. And I'm like, don't thank me. Yeah. Thank yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, you're the one doing the work. Yeah. I just provided you a space to do it in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know. Um. And, and I'm always so proud of them, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't ever want to make it about me all the time. So True. I try really hard to say, you know, I'm so, you know, happy to see you thrive in your success, yeah. you know, um, and it's just so neat. Mm-hmm. It really is. I can't believe I get to do this every day yeah, and, yeah. you know, help these beautiful souls that just needed a place to land. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I, one of the very first survivors I ever worked with, um, her name's Rose and I, I'm allowed to talk about her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, the first time we met, I just saw something in her. I don't know what it was, but I was like, this girl has been through a lot mm-hmm. and I just saw something in her and I just absolutely just became her support person and mm-hmm. her person. And, um, I think, I've, I know I've been one of the only stable pers- people in her life mm-hmm. for the last, you know, four years. Mm-hmm. And for the first year and a half, she, you know, she was in and out of life. And although that is not what I wish for the girls I serve, sometimes it is the reality. Mm-hmm. And so I never judged her. I never was upset with her when she went back. Mm-hmm. I just said, hey, I'm here. You just you call me when you need me. Yeah. And she would. Yeah. And, and I think that me being able to show up for her was, like, the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there would be times where she would be out in New York or Philadelphia and, you know, sleeping under a bridge and mm-hmm. calling me and saying, hey, there's these 
pimps that are, you know, they're around me right now and they keep bringing me food and, and things. And she was like, I just feel like I need to hear my red flags again. And this was like four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let's, let's go through all the red flags. And yeah. so we did. Mm-hmm. And then just a couple of days later, she was like, okay, I think I'm ready. And I was like, all right. And then I was on it. And yeah, the, that day I was actually able to, able to get her into a placement in Arkansas. And that's when, um, that was really the turning point for her after about a year and a half. Um, and she hasn't been back to the life since, Yeah, you know, that was her, her time, but she just, she needed to do it on her own. Sure. And, you know, there were times where I cried and I was upset, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just sad, you know, cause I wanted so much more for her, but, um, you know, it takes up to seven times for a survivor to really leave the life. And wow. so you just have to be that support person yeah. and be there and just say, Hey, you just let me know. I've got the resources. You tell me yeah. when you're ready, you know, yeah. and just be patient mm-hmm. and kind and loving. And so that's what I did. And yeah. Now she's so successful. I'm so proud of her. Like, ugh. yeah. She helped write the policies and procedures for different day. Oh my goodness. She well, amazing. Yeah. She helped me do the program manual. You know, it was uh-huh. so funny because I wrote the program manual and I was like, okay, you read it over. Let me know if you see any gaps. And boy, she's like the first page. She's like, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> Red X or, yeah. you know, yeah. like, that's amazing. She's like, nope, you're going to have to clarify this. Cause we'll, we'll, we'll manipulate that. Or, yeah. you know, just like all of these things. Like she yeah. was so great at it. And, yeah. um, so she was a huge part in mm-hmm. building Different Day. Yeah. Um, and really, that's what it's about. It's about survivors having a voice, mm-hmm. you know. And so being able to give Rose that voice was really cool. Mm-hmm. And she loves it. Like, she st- has her little business cards. And she's part of our, um, what's called a survivor um, advisory board. Mm-hmm. And so we staff cases with her. Mm-hmm. And if there's um, any issues that the girls are having, then they can go to Rose and talk mm-hmm. with her. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... Who knows it better than her? Sure. You know? And so um, that's been super cool and empowering for her, too. Yeah. You know? And um, starting in the new year, she's going to start doing some groups with the girls via Zoom. Mm -hmm. And uh, where they can just kind of talk to each other about what it's like to leave the life. Mm -hmm. Because they need that outlet. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Because I don't know what that's like. Sure. You know? Yeah, I know all the childhood trauma piece that they suffer, but I don't know what it's like to be trafficked. Right. You know? I don't know... I don't have no idea right. and I won't ever, you know, I can't mm-hmm. claim to know that and I n- would never do that to my girls. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, Rose, uh, she was like, you know, I'd really love to, to help in some way. And I was like, well, I got a group yeah. I'd love you to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Oh so. my gosh. So <laughs> I, I, this all information is also incredible. And you were saying earlier that January is human trafficking awareness month. Yes. Is that right? It is. So for our listeners who might know a little bit about human human trafficking or nothing at all, like what are, why does, why does this work matter? And like, what are, like, just explain a little bit about the, the nature of human trafficking, maybe in Texas or country, like, why is this so important? Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, one, I'm, um, you know, after the movie Sound of Freedom came out, there mm-hmm. was a lot of questions, mm-hmm. um, which I'm so glad that it did come out because I think people needed to understand that although yeah this stuff happens over there but like for me it was a way to explain hey this stuff happens right here yeah in our nation 
in Texas in Brazos Valley. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's it's important to understand that, you know, human trafficking, it is, like I said before, you know, a $150 billion industry. Um, and the reason why it's so successful is because you can sell drugs once, but you can sell a person over and over and over. Mm. And so that is, I know, it's so disgusting. Yeah. Um, but that's why it's become such a huge industry. And um, unfortunately, the United States is the biggest buyers in the world. Oh, my gosh. For um, real? Really? Yeah. So, like, oh my. you know, like, Jesus. there's people that go over, you know, to other parts of the country and, yeah. you know, buy girls and oh or gosh. buy boys or, you know, like, it's just, it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, but U.S. is still, you know, one of the number one buyers. And so that is really disturbing. Yeah. And so I think that um, having the awareness for this month is important because yeah. we need to show that, like, this is happening right here in our own nation. Right. And right under our noses in, you know, in, I mean, just in plain sight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happening in plain sight. Mm. You know, you could be living in a nice, cute little cul-de-sac and there could be a house right next to you that's trafficking girls that you would never know. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You know, the state of Texas did a documentary called Be the One. Mm-hmm. And there was a little town um, in, or a little cul-de-sac, excuse me, in outside in Houston, like in mm-hmm. the spring area. Mm-hmm. And one day the dad on in this neighborhood noticed mm-hmm. there was a lot of cars come in to this house. Mm-hmm. And... Like, nice cars, like, nice Mercedes and BMWs and mm-hmm. all these trucks. And he just thought it was odd. Yeah. And so what he did is he set up a deer camera uh-huh. in front of his house to, huh. to track yeah. how much how many cars are coming in this house. And what he noticed was there were hundreds. Oh, my gosh. Oh my within gosh. a week span. What? And so after that, um, then he contacted law enforcement. And uh-huh. so law enforcement ended up doing a sting mm-hmm. and found that that house was trafficking girls. Wow. And I grew up in spring. Yeah. This is crazy. Oh my God. And so like this whole neighborhood came together to help these girls. Oh and like, gosh. it's really the, I recommend even if you're not from Texas, like yeah. to watch the be the one. Okay. Um, it's on YouTube. It's mm-hmm. so good. And it talks about different stories of, you know, sure. girls in San Antonio, um, you know, the spring area. So mm-hmm. Houston is the hub of Texas. Sure. Um, and so I think it's important to know that, you know, a ton of trafficking comes out of Houston. Mm-hmm. And because we are so close to Houston mm-hmm. and close to Austin and Dallas, we're in what's called the triangle. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that triangle is really easy to get girls from one place to another, wow. you know, on highways. Mm-hmm. And what's really sad is that we do have a lot of buyers here in Brazos Valley. And so pimps from Houston bring their girls here Ugh. so like that's disturbing oh my gosh you know um there was a case that we had um that the Brazos Valley was able to um Brazos County excuse me was able to persecute or prosecute mm-hmm. um he got 99 years but he was bringing girls and trafficking them during howdy week and yeah. so mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know who, what Howdy Week is, it's like the big 
you know, week as freshmen come into A and M and their parents bring them and there's all these types of activities and things like that. Well, it brings in a lot of people. Yeah. And so, um, there's a lot of trafficking that goes on. So they're being trafficked in the hotels by the dads during the day and then being trafficked by the frats at night. Oh my gosh. And so like it's it's a it's it's a problem. It is. <laughs> it's it, a huge problem. It is. And like you said, for those who don't know, Texas A&M University is in our backyard and it's yeah. what 75,000 students. So oh, this is like, like this that, is not yeah. something like the community could easily like just notice cuz there's yeah. a bajillion students. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, didn't we had a um a lady we need it to connect you with this girl. Her name's mm. Bonnie Shade. Mm-hmm. Um, she speaks about sexual assault, specifically in the college age um, mm-hmm. range, like mm-hmm. the age range. And she says normally those those howdy weeks or freshman orientation weeks are the number one, what'd she call them, red weeks? Mm-hmm. Like the number one on college campuses, like uh, sexual assault. I totally believe is, that. The numbers are staggeringly higher yeah. on that week compared yeah. to the rest of the year. Yeah, Absolutely, I would totally believe that. Um because there's just a lot of people yeah. that come in town, you know. It's and easy to kind of go under the radar. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. And so, oh my gosh, you know, human trafficking—it's a real problem. Yeah. And I'm and I'm glad that it's there's more education out there and more awareness. Um, I think something like some numbers that are pretty staggering for the state of Texas is we have over three hundred ten thousand Texans are trafficked each year. And 89,000 of those are children. Oh, my god! No gosh. way. So, I mean, those are real numbers. And that, that you know, that 89,000 is, for kids, it's just nuts. You know, but it's, you know, there's pimps that will, because I've gotten many calls about kids in that 17, almost 18 range. Like, hey, would you take a 17-year-old? And because I worked for CPS for so long and know that that's a gray area, you know, mm-hmm. in CPS, you're quote unquote an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can't place you anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I do, you know, on certain cases, I am open to taking those, that gray area of 17. Sure. Um, because they're targeted. They're yeah. so targeted. There's pimps like right now, as we speak, that are targeting these girls in foster care and, you know, because they have nowhere to go mm-hmm. and they're able to provide the things that they need. So, you know, they're looking at those vulnerabilities that you need housing. Well, mm-hmm. let me get you a house. Uh, I need to get my hair done. I'll get your hair done. Mm-hmm. I need clothes. I'll get you clothes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I need food. I'll get you food. Yeah. They, they're going to get all these things, but then you're going to have to do this in return. Yeah. yeah. And then that's where it starts. And then, you know, right now what we're seeing is that they're, you know, these pimps are targeting these, you know, kids in care and they are making these girls recruit other girls. Ugh. I mean, it's just, it's a mess. It makes yeah. you like grab a pitchfork and <laughs> a know. torch and like exactly. storm down, exactly. right? Like, oh my God, this is, and but this is why we're talking about this. Right. Like as disturbing as these numbers and this information is, like, I think like what we've, for sure identified chatting today is we have to talk about it more right like step one yeah the more people know about Mm -hmm. all the information the more you're all aware so it's like it's like community like the neighborhood in spring Mm -hmm. texas the one guy was like what's up with all these vehicles that are very nice right you know like the more you're just and people are so unaware of life today because they're glued to their phone and they're looking down they don't look up and look at like what's going on around them and their surroundings 
Uh, my husband is a firefighter here in our community and like he doesn't see the greatest side of the of the public all the time. Yeah. And like I look at the public a way different than most people because sure. I'm just like that looks sketch and that looks weird. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think like this has to be talked about more from a community wide effort of uh-huh. helping these people or stopping something from happening yeah. or at minimum like helping your organization, like with resources or whatever yeah, to help. Absolutely. Because you're doing the really hard work is then how to get these people back into a sense of quote unquote normal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like like when we first learned about everything that you're doing, like you explained all these gaps and you kind of referred to them before, but like, can you walk us through like how your nonprofit is so different and what it's actually giving these girls? Because yeah. I think that like mm-hmm. when I when I heard all of that, I was like, this is incredible. And like, because <laughs> yeah. it's not just like, here's a house. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. so I think the even though we have sister agencies in Texas, ours stands apart because um, we, you know, we do have the gainful employment, which all of our sister agencies have. Mm-hmm. Um, but we offer the one-on-one counseling and we use that through the Madewell house, which mm-hmm. they're so amazing. And I love them. And another God thing, how we found Madewell house and Casey Van Norman, uh, <laughs> she has just been just a gift from God. Um, mm-hmm. So our girls see, um, therapists at the Madewell House, and then we do equine assisted therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have a functional medicine doctor that comes in, which we love. Yes! <laughs> um, because yeah. I'm huge on functional medicine, yep. and so, um, it's a whole other podcast, it for is us. right? We can talk about <laughs> it all day. Yeah. Um, so giving the girls functional medicine and really trying to heal them from the root inside out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just putting a band-aid, like we're Amen. ripping that band-aid off and like getting healing. down nitty and gritty. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> muscle testing them to see where their trauma is stored and how we can release that oh using energy medicine. Yeah. You know, just so many things that, that yeah. sets us apart from yeah. our other, yeah. you know, sister agencies. Um, you know, the girls go to yoga each week with mm-hmm. Madewell House, yep. and um, so they're allowed to have some really cool services that really help them heal in a different way. Yeah, and we're using expressive arts, so we're using art, we're using music, um, lots of life skills. You know, like even just going to the grocery store and teaching them. Okay, I know I really like Velveeta, but let's talk about what's in that and yeah. like how it can affect your body and how mm-hmm. it affects your depression and your anxiety mm-hmm. and all of these things. So like, when I take yeah. them to the grocery store, you know, I, even just like the other day I was, they went to grab some water mm-hmm. and I said, you know what y'all, I said, I really think it'd be best if you guys had spring fed water mm-hmm. because these purified waters are, they're taking all those minerals out that mm-hmm. your body needs mm-hmm. and spring fed water doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's keeping those minerals that your body needs yeah. to be successful. Yeah. And they, their minds were blown. They were yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, yeah. you know, now they know they're like, okay, spring fed water, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so they're doing better like learning, yeah. but I mean like just doing small things like that uh-huh. so they can learn that what they put in their bodies has a giant impact mm-hmm. with helping them heal, heal their trauma, oh my you know, gosh. helping rewire that trauma brain yeah. in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really what sets us apart 
you know, yeah. from other agencies is that we are just holistically healing. healing. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> it's, it's really neat. It's really neat yeah. to see the girls, you know, mm-hmm. like one of my girls, when she first came in, you know, she was just so skinny and just like pale and, you know, just dark under her eyes. And, you know, she just didn't feel well, yeah. you know, and now that she's been seeing the functional medicine doctor for a couple months, like she's gained weight, she's got color back in her skin, mm. like she just looks healthy. Yeah. You know, and it's so neat to see. Um, now, do we need to work on like drinking sodas and all the coffee? Yes, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> one step at a time. Yeah. One, step, one at step, time. step at a time. That's yeah. what they told me the other day when we went grocery shopping. They were like, all right, Miss Marcy, one step at a time. Like, yeah. we can't just give up everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm and like, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go cold turkey. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just used to like just. Just do it. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, but understanding. Mm-hmm. See, they teach me things. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. I know. Exactly. Uh, that is so amazing because, of course, I mean, everything from the like physical healing side, Caitlin and I are all about, as mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so that like I if, can you imagine if the world took any kind of healing approach, like any kind of healing, whether you're coming out of human trafficking an injury, no matter what it is. But if you took this holistic approach that you are now instilling in these women, yeah. like how much healthier and happier would yeah. the world Gosh, be today? Right? It'd like, be so cool. Not just like, okay, yeah, you had this trauma or take this meds and baby, yeah. boo, you should feel better. But it's like, no, let's go through the mental healing, the emotional healing, mm-hmm. the physical healing, how your body's storing the trauma. Yeah. Like let's eat some more veggies, like all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. I just, I think and that's so incredible. We also have a partner, um, um, it's called Three Cross Ministries, mm-hmm. and they have, they're a big church in Montgomery County, Okay, and mm-hmm. so they have a bunch of steers and cows and all the things mm-hmm. on their property. Well, those are meant for, for food, mm-hmm. and okay. so... They give us meat, like 40 pounds of meat, a fresh steer, you know, like yeah, fresh yeah. meat, like yeah. straight from, you know, the Lit- cow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like they're getting like grass fed food. Like yeah. we're really trying to help them learn new ways of healing and, right. and using food as one of the things, you know, because it really does make a difference in your body. Oh my gosh. Yes. And yeah. so... One of my girls, like, we found out through the functional medicine doctor that she had a gluten intolerance. Mm-hmm. And so teaching her how to be, like, gluten-free. Yeah. And, like, she's like, oh, my gosh, this is so hard. And I'm like, I know, baby girl, it's <laughs> yeah. hard right now. But you'll yeah. feel so much better you will. soon. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It is a big – yeah. It all – that is just – that is so inspiring that that's, like, such a foundation of your organization yes. to teach them – like the, the, what can help set their bodies up for success? Because as we talk about in the Gussie Truth, it's all tied. Yeah. Your mental and your emotional and your yeah. physical being are all connected. They and are. when one's out of whack, the others mm-hmm. are out of whack. Right. And so you've got to work on, it's a multi-facet healing process. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I just, I love that you're teaching them these aspects of functional and holistic healing because that is going to set them up so much farther for success. Yeah than just if you were to just give them a place to live and help them with some counseling, maybe like mm-hmm. you're taking it down. Like you said, the yeah. root of the root of the root cause. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> Let yeah. alone just like, we talk about this all the time about like learning to be in tune with your body, body. Yeah. and like how so important that is not just like for your regular health, but like the trauma that they're processing mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful. And then now having this knowledge is 
is power for them to, you know, feel better and transform their lives from a victim to a warrior survivor mindset. Yeah. And I think that is so, so important. Feeding their brains with like nutrients and minerals and oh my gosh, we even like, so one of my girls, um, she was having trouble sleeping Mm -hmm. and I told her, I was like, I bet, I bet you have a magnesium deficiency. (laughs) And so I told her all about magnesium and how I told her, I was like, the best way I can explain it's like the, the mitochondrial of like the minerals, like it does so many things. It's like Mm -hmm. the powerhouse of like all the things you need in your body. Mm -hmm. And so we started to make a spray for her Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we, we made the spray and she said, I feel like more people should know about this. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> tell me sister. I know. Yeah, tell me right? <laughs> and she was like, can we like make this and sell this? And I was like, absolutely. So we have a whole line coming out yes! of magnesium sprays. That's, That's amazing. So cool. Yeah. Move aside candles. I know. We're going straight with exactly. the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So like even teaching them about the small things like mm-hmm. that, like how, so now it's so funny. Cause like people ask me all the time, you know, um, or they'll say, oh, I'm tired, or oh, I'm this, and I'm like, oh, do you know about magnesium? Yeah. Can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? <laughs> yes. It activates over 600 functions yeah. of your body. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, teaching them to do, you know, use minerals in, in mm-hmm. um, supplements instead of, you know, we're transitioning them to not beyond all these heavy psychotropic medications sure. mm-hmm. um, and transition them to supplements and yeah. learning how to be able to do that. No, it's not going to happen right away. It's, right. You know, it could take a couple years, obviously, because mm-hmm. there's so much trauma in their bodies still. Right. And so, um, but our functional medicine doctor, she does a great job. You know, they get mm-hmm. supplements each month and, you know, she sends them out and, mm-hmm. um, it's just an amazing partner to have. Yeah. I think, you know, that holistic approach is so, so important to uh, healing. Yeah. Yes. We're here yeah. for it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Hey, friends. We want to take a quick minute and talk about some free resources. We understand how challenging it can be to start your journey of eating healthy, eliminating toxins, and making simple swaps. So we put together some free gutsy guides to make this transition easier and way more fun. This is something we would have loved to have when we first started our journeys. So we hope you will enjoy these free guides. All you have to do is visit thegutsytruth.com and click on the resource tab at the top of the page to find all of these free guides. Again, super simple. All you have to do is visit thegutsytruth.com and click on the resource tab to find more information. So talk to us about Stage Left, your boutique. And we know it's only been open a few months now. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell us, like you said, it's your, um, what was the terminology? Justice, Justice Enterprise. Justice Enterprise. I yes. love that. It sounds like the name of a superhero or I something. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean, exactly. Yeah, that. it's like <laughs> the Justice League. Yes. <laughs> Justice Enterprise. So how, other than just giving them gainful employment, how is it helping your survivors get back on their feet and giving them a sense of purpose? Yeah, so um, the boutique's called Stage Left. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it is such a cute little thrift boutique. It and so, so is. <laughs> um, you know, just people from the community just giving us clothes and then we just resell them and mm-hmm. it's super affordable in there. I mean, I don't think there's anything in there over a hundred dollars, you know, yeah. 
um, <clears throat> which I got some amazing boots that were donated the other day. And I was like, oh, those are mine. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. So um, what it does is so it gives the girls gainful employment, mm-hmm. but it's really teaching them life skills. So mm-hmm. how to get back into the workforce, mm-hmm. you know, because they're coming straight off the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> many of the, these girls, you know, haven't worked before mm-hmm. or haven't worked for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they've worked, it's been, you know, jobs that they hated. Sure. Yeah. And so we really do cultivate a space where they really like what they're doing mm-hmm. and have fun with it, but also learn valuable life skills. So yeah. the girls are learning how to enter clothes into the computer system where, mm-hmm. you know, we can scan it mm-hmm. and learning how to tag the clothes, learning how to go through the clothes and say, okay, this this is worthy of, a sh- you know, survivors, mm-hmm. or this this doesn't really need to be in the shop, but it's still donatable. Sure. So we we always have a pile that we can donate more clothes to mm-hmm. other um, organizations. Um, and so the girls are just learning those skills mm-hmm. to how to do all that yeah. and how to ship, because, you know, we, we just did a merch drop with all our different day sweaters and T-shirts mm-hmm. and our hats they literally sold out in two days. And so the girls really had to like learn how to do, make the labels and yeah. learn how to like package everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's really them learning how to reacclimate mm-hmm. to the community. Yeah. You know, um, some of my girls are fine with going and actually working in the shop mm-hmm. and some of them aren't and would rather mm-hmm. work in the back stock and do the organizing and, mm-hmm. You know, um, so it's giving them just different skills, you know. And then we also, it's a space where if we're having a bad day, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you can come to my office, take a break, and, or if it's a really bad day and you're having a really bad trigger, Mm -hmm. okay, let's go process that, and then Mm -hmm. let's go home. Like, we give them that space and ability to do that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we know that healing, you know, is not linear. and there's going to be triggers. Mm-hmm. And so teaching them how to work through those triggers when you have work, mm-hmm. you know, um, giving them those tools. So yeah. like, we're really trying to teach them, um, just all kinds of various life skills, and, yeah. you know, and then one of my girls, she's super artistic. And so like, she created the label for the magnesium spray that's coming out. Love it. And she's making art for the, the boutique mm-hmm. to put in there. And, we're going to do a first Friday where she sells her art. So we're teaching her that skill of, you know, how to do your art and how to sell your art. And so any, um, and then also we're teaching her that her, you know, her art is valued. And so Mm -hmm. we're using that label, but we're also paying for that print. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? So she's learning that, okay, that I'm not just doing, yes, I get paid to do art, but, Mm-hmm. but my art is really valuable and so that mm-hmm. we're paying her for those prints and re- yeah. really making sure that she understands like don't just do it for free right, right. you know right. um and so and our marketing director um Shalice she's you know so excited to like really help her build her mm-hmm. like social media and sell mm-hmm. her art and yeah you know do it in a success successful way so we're like really trying to make little mini entrepreneurs here you know and really give them those skills like hone in on the things that they are really good at Mm -hmm. and like making sure that they 
have that piece to yeah. be successful because not all the girls want to work at the boutique right. you sure. know one of my girls she really hates it <laughs> so she's like i don't want to be in the back stock it's so yeah. boring yeah um and so honing in on what she's good at and her strengths yeah. so she's really good at art all right well let's yeah. you get so many hours a week to do art mm-hmm. and you know she's making us um stickers to sell in the store or mm-hmm. online yeah. and like yeah. those will be her designs you yeah. know and i think it's also like super powerful too mm-hmm. yeah. you know um that her art gets to to be out there mm-hmm. you know um and it really empowers her mm-hmm. and so you know we really tailor case management and the employment piece to yeah. their strengths yeah and it's not just like cookie cutter you sure. know it really is right. My other girl that loves to be in the back, she loves to organize, man. Give her some containers and stuff like that. She's so good at it. We <laughs> yeah. had this office. It was just just piles and piles and piles of clothes. Like, you couldn't <laughs> even walk in there. Uh-huh. And she went and just, oh, you, everything is organized on racks and in bins and just it is so gorgeous in there now. I'm like, now we can walk and now we can move <laughs> around. And like, she's just really good at that. Yeah. And she has a really great eye for um, what donations, you know, are, are worthy of the store and, mm-hmm. you know, other things like, you know, cause sometimes we get different um, donations like pajamas and things like that. Sure. So she'll, you know, make a bin and set those aside. So when girls come in that they can yeah. go through pajamas and have PJs, you know, yeah. so we save stuff just for the survivors too. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really good at that. So then she loves it. <laughs> so yeah. awesome. like, let's hone in on what you're good at. Right. You know, um, and they both want to, they both want to uh, be an advocate one day. So mm-hmm. we, we carve in time during the week so that they can learn advocacy mm-hmm. and how to do that and really how to be a good case manager. Because I mean, who better at the end of the day to mm-hmm. come back and, be a case manager than them right you know they went through the program and so that I mean that's another piece that makes you know our program unique is that when they're done after two years working with us Mm -hmm. or going through the program they can come back Mm -hmm. and we cultivate full-time jobs for them oh that's awesome cool so you know we make sure that we're really teaching them the things that they want to learn and really making sure that that they're meeting their own goals Mm -hmm. and they want to learn how to be advocates, so let's teach them. Like, let's start now, yeah. and then in two years, you're ready to go. Right. So we just make sure that they – we play to their strengths. Yeah. yeah. Which is so great because, I mean, like, you're giving them so many resources, so many resources other than just giving them a safe place to heal. Like, you – and that, it's so commendable because – I've had bosses that don't even help you play to your strength in like a normal nine to five job. And right. Let alone like you've gone through this, this crazy trauma and you're trying to heal and get your life back together and have some sense of normalcy again. And then you've got your organization telling them, a we're here for you. We hear you. We understand you and let's do this together. Yeah. And the fact that you're walking step in step with them is so inspiring. And then like, then everything else is like beautiful icing on cake. Yeah. Really? Like <laughs> you're like functional medicine, let's do yoga. And then we're going to help cultivate your strengths. You can have a successful business one day. Yeah. I'm like, can I just walk through your program just to like <laughs> have some fun people to be around all the time? Yeah. You know, like you're just really doing such incredible work. And it's this, and I think it's so inspiring for me that it's here in our little community mm-hmm. and 
that you're doing something so powerful with these women that like, I, I think we've said a million times is giving them so many skills to set them up for yeah. incredible success yeah. in their future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what it's, that's what it's about. You know, we've, mm-hmm. we, we got to do more than recover. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. I'm so glad that we have that here now. Yeah. But we got to do that second piece. Right. So that we, these girls can be successful, yeah. you know, and they can be, Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. you know, these are beautiful souls that have just, you know, fallen into the wrong hands. Right. But, you know, we're here to, help them grow mm-hmm. yeah. and and become strong powerful members of the society again mm-hmm. you know i love that yeah. let's all be strong powerful members of society <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly it would be a much better place like, our survivors going to change the world one day i mean i'm into that yeah. yes yeah. i'm ready to, i'm ready to watch i'm here <laughs> yes. with my popcorn yeah. like yeah. let's do this <laughs> yeah yeah you know, i show them so thistle farms has a documentary where she talks about Becca Stevens, the founder, mm-hmm. how she started and, you know, yeah. they're 25 years. And, um, you know, some of the survivors that were in that very first house, mm-hmm. you know, are still working for her today. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. You know, so 25 years later, these yeah. women are still with her. Yeah. And, you know, I show that to every survivor that comes in so mm-hmm. that they know, like, this is going to be you one day. Yeah. And I tell my girls all the time, I'm like, you know, there's a, there's a girl um, a woman, excuse me, named uh, Sheila, mm-hmm. and you know she's she is a tough little cookie. But like seeing her, mm-hmm. um, you know, become an advocate and really, you know, she's been there. She was in the life. Like I told one of my girls, I'm like, that's gonna be you. You're gonna be Miss Sheila one day because mm-hmm. you know she's she's tough, but she's fair and she's been through it. Yeah. And that is just so inspiring to me. And I think once my girls really saw. Like, this is what we're going to be one day. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're only two years old now. Yeah. and But we've done a lot in two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is only two years. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be y'all on a documentary in 25 years. Yeah. yeah. Like, you guys are going to be the ones that pave the way. Yeah. And so, and once the girls watched that Thistle documentary, they were like, oh, they were just so inspired and so pumped and so that. motivated. And that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about empowering them to, you know. Mm-hmm be in these really amazing positions to help others yeah, and give back. And they yeah. want to, Yeah, just so neat. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. Yeah. This entire conversation has just been, I feel like, I just feel like I have so much more hope, right? Cause yeah. like hearing these things at the beginning, it was just like, Oh, this is so tragic. But because of your work and because mm-hmm. of these women and the lives that you're helping transform and the work that they're putting in, yeah. like yeah. there's hope. Yeah. And I think that's just so important to, to, to instill that in them and hopefully they can do that for other women who yeah. are, who are, who are fighting through this. Yeah. So it's just, it's just beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so we've got two questions we want to ask okay. you that we ask all of our guests as yes. we kind of wrap things up today. Um, and I feel like you've talked about all sorts of gutsy things, but we yeah. would love to know what is something gutsy that you have done, um, whether recently or in the past, um, and how it made you feel. A great question. <laughs> um, I think for me recently, um, stepping out of my comfort zone, like you know, I've been a social worker, you know, all my life. So stepping out and having to go to conferences and go mm-hmm. talk to people and stepping out of my comfort zone has totally made me. Um, it takes a lot of guts to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like oh, yeah. 
you know, even my, <laughs> my marketing director, she's like, she sat in on something, um, an interview that I did in Las Vegas for our golf tournament. And she goes, you are getting so much better at that. And I was like, thanks, friend. I'm really trying. <laughs> like, yeah. That's been super big for me. So yeah. I think, you know, for me, that's been kind of something gutsy I've done is just really step out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and make sure that I am getting our mission out there mm-hmm. and um, that I'm really advocating for our girls because, you know, I've been behind the scenes for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. now being front center in the face, yeah, um, it's a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my husband, you know, he's a musician and he plays for, you know, Cody Johnson. He's a fiddle player. He's used uh-huh. to being out there and mm-hmm. I'm used to just kind of, you know, hanging back yeah. in the mm-hmm. shadows. But now yeah. I have to be out there yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's something completely different and, yeah. and new for me and it makes me anxious sometimes and yeah. You know, but I'm get I'm doing it. You're doing yeah. it. Hey, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And sometimes you got to go through some change and to yeah. some growth. Like yeah. think of all the skills now you've like. Yeah. You can say like, oh yeah, I've done that interview. Like you're gonna be on like like the Today Show or something. I one day. hope so. And yeah. then you'll be so. like, that little interview years ago was nothing. <laughs> right. Like, I got this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine where you will be in 25 years. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Oh, I want to be Becca Stevens when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it. I love that's it. awesome. Okay, and then the final question is, what is something that fills your bucket? I know this is going to be like the easy one, but um, my girls, Mm -hmm. my girls, seeing them thrive, like, just makes me so incredibly happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing the work that I get to do every day, that just, I'm so immensely grateful that I get to do this and Mm -hmm. that God put me on this earth to do this. Mm-hmm. And that really, you know, fills my bucket. Um, also, like, another thing is, you know, seeing my husband um, meet goals in, like, mm-hmm. his music career. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, like, makes me totally, you know, giddy and excited for him, yeah. you know, to see him say, you know, I want to um, – I want to do an award show. Hope that one day we're on award shows. Well, mm-hmm. you know, they did it. Mm-hmm. CMT, CMAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I want to win a CMT one day. Well, he did it. He won it. Yeah. Um, you know, they now they've met these goals. And so it's. I think that too is seeing my husband's success mm-hmm. has been really, really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've been there since the beginning where there was like two people at a show. Yeah. <laughs> now we're selling out arenas. I know. And it's just... Oh, it's just so incredible. And the fans, the fans totally like fill in the bucket, you know, because yeah. seeing the fans sing all these songs and mm-hmm. um, just really just, just ride for the brand. It is so freaking cool. And I love it. I love our fans so much. Like I love Kojo Nation. Oh, <laughs> they are amazing. Are- <laughs> and it's like y'all put, I mean, I'm a huge Kojo fan. I'm just going to call that out right now. Yep. But y'all put like, you, the the whole band puts on such an incredible show. Yeah. Like we saw them at Houston rodeo this year or this past year, I yeah. guess this year, whatever yeah. year it is. Yeah. <laughs> and even for like the 45 minutes that they get to play, which I know is not a full concert set yeah. compared to what they normally do. It's just like, like I was so in like encapsulated in the, in every moment. Of course I know every song and everything. Yeah. And then even like toward, you know, like at Houston Rodeo, but you try to leave at the last song before yeah. the whole crowd does. Yeah. And I'm like watching the TV monitors exiting NRG and I'm like, I can't not watch. You know? <laughs> yeah. My husband's like, let's go to the car before the whole world exits. And I'm like, no. 
But they're so fun. And yeah, I, I it's bet neat. Seeing it from your perspective of yes. like, because that's your husband getting yeah. to produce that music, yeah. right? And yeah. then seeing the, you know, the backstage view mm-hmm. of the fans. I, I yeah. can only imagine Like how nothing cool makes that is. me more excited, like especially sitting, especially at Houston Rodeo. Um, it's such an amazing um, mm-hmm. place. And I think that we are so blessed to have been able to, uh-huh. to stay, to be able to play there as long as we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, seeing the fans, you know, sing. And then, you know, there's that one, one of the songs where all the lights go up, you mm-hmm. know, with their phones and like seeing the whole entire rodeo just light up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so freaking cool. Yeah. Like it's so neat. And I love, I love it, it so much. Like I, again, I just love Kojo Nation and what, what um, mm-hmm. they're doing. And then, you know, on the, on the other side, you know, that they're helping us with our journey, you right. know, with different day. Yeah. So, you know, Brandy and Cody have just been, huge in implementing the program with me and so um having having that support's been huge Mm -hmm. and so and you know seeing kojo nation start to see that we have this nonprofit Mm -hmm. and really supporting it it's just yeah so cool Uh, yeah it's It's so neat such an (laughs) such an incredible way to take such a big platform yes as being a major country music musician, you know, like with the whole band and like taking something and using it in such a positive light too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the whole Kojo brand is always so positive about lots of things, but like being able to tie in different day foundation, I bet has been really exciting for you. Yeah. So Cody came to the stage left opening uh and, uh, People yes, were, I heard my entire former staff was texting yeah. me. Yeah. I was real upset. I texted Abigail. She was really upset. Yeah. And like, Literally. so, you know, him coming to the opening yeah. was huge, you know, yeah. like, and the fans getting really to yeah. um, beat him and see what we've built, yeah. you know, it was mm-hmm. really cool. Oh, yeah. And then just all the people that, um, you know, we partner with, you know, uh, come and the DA's office came and mm-hmm. um, Unbound came mm-hmm. and, uh, the task force people came and DPS victim services, DA's victim services, college station victim services. They were all there, you know, yeah. and it was really cool to be able to say, Oh, come meet Cody, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. were just like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's what crazy worlds combining, right? You've got like this law enforcement, like yeah. you're seeing all these organizations. I'm thinking yeah. like crack down, you know, SWAT teams. Yeah. They like come meet the musicians. Yeah. You're like, Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's so, been really cool to like mm-hmm. be able to tie everything in and like both of our worlds are kind of, you know, yeah. combining and that just, it's just so neat. It's, I love when that happens. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. I'm like, I have to pinch myself all the time. Like, yeah. This is my life. This is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, yeah. I want everyone to go and support a different day foundation. So 100%. where can they find you? Instagram website, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, our website is differentday.org, day.org mm-hmm. and then socials. Um, Facebook is different day foundation mm-hmm. and on TikTok, um, we have a different day and then we have shop stage left mm-hmm. and then Instagram, um, is also different day foundation. And then we also have one for stage left that shop stage left. Yeah. And so that's where you can see all our super fun TikToks. Yes. yes. <laughs> Some of them are going viral. It's so crazy. Love uh, it. Of course, the one with Cody went, you know, mega viral. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Cody. Yeah, they appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, our TikToks are super fun. They're gaining a ton of traction, um, which is great because we mm-hmm. have people, had people, I, I helped in the store um, two weeks ago. 
Mm-hmm. And there's these girls that came in, and they had drove all the way from Cyprus. No way. Just to come to the shop. So That's cool. Amazing. That's and like I, over an hour drive. I know. Yeah. It's so cool. I love it. I know. Me too. That's so awesome. And I was really glad that I was actually working and like yeah. being able to say, hey, you know, yeah. I'm Marcy. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm the person. <laughs> I'm the one who founded it. And they were like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And yeah. um, it's just really neat. It's really neat. I love it. Yeah. I love when everything collides that way. I yeah. know. Yeah. It's all God. It, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. so funny. Cause like, you know, you ask God like to help me with this one little thing. And then he's like, no, that's, it's not big enough. Yeah. And then yeah. he just right? makes it bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Far beyond what we ever dreamed of. Yeah. yeah. But it's so, so good. It's yeah. so good at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to link all the things yep. in the show notes. Okay. So mm-hmm. for those of you who didn't catch all that, don't worry, just click below. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marcy, this has been amazing. Yes. Like it's Thanks been y'all for having me so much. Yeah. It's I, been eye opening and inspiring. And I just, I want to go like take over the world now and yeah, help you guys. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do it. So thank you so much for being on our episode today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. It was. <laughs> and maybe part two will come down the road and we'll just talk about gut health. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the real gutsy truth. Exactly. Yes. Hey friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the gutsy truth. We are so thankful for you and we hope you found today's episode helpful and insightful. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, we encourage you to share it with them. And we would appreciate it if you would take a quick minute to leave us a review on your podcast streaming platform of choice. And until next time, that's the gutsy truth.